Gaming and BS episode 155, coming to you Wednesday, September 6th. Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. How you doing, Sean? I tell you, between you and your motorcycle thing and my wife and her car crack been out on me last night, that just, uh, this has been like a nasty run of can't make our deadline to drop on Tuesday, man. Life is trying to sabotage us, Brett. It's a pain in the ass is what it is. I don't like it. I will not, I will not let it, I will not let it happen. Nope, so we're going to be a little late on this one, folks. We're normally out uh, nude on Tuesdays. I apologize. My wife's car died. Uh, pretty much just as Sean and I sat down to start recording so we could drop the episode on Tuesday. And we're like, hey, yeah, I can't do that. I got to work. Uh, worry about getting the wife home, make sure she's safe. So I still don't know what's wrong with the fucking car, but uh, we'll figure that out. I just put a bullet in the engine block and be done with it. I don't know. I think it pisses me off. Anyway. Anything you want to bitch about, Sean? <laughs> oh, I, I got tons. I just don't think this <laughs> no, is no, the forum. Now's not the place. All right, we'll start a different. We'll start a different podcast. Brett and Sean bitch we about should. shit. Yeah, two, two middle-aged white guys complaining about crap they can't control. That's what we'll do. That'd be a great. Maybe we're like counter to the other any any <clears throat> award-winning podcast. Instead of like we talk about shit, we bitch about shit. Talk yeah, about Brett. stuff. We should bitch about shit. Brett and Sean bitch about shit. There we go. Yeah. That's BS. Still works. Anyway, uh, announcements. Let's pretend we got a, ourselves a gaming podcast here as opposed to certain other podcasts. Oh, Anyhow, oh I did it. I done did it. So, uh, Game Hole Con. Um, yeah, if you haven't bought your badge yet and you're planning to come, to hell, man. Go buy your badge. Get some games on. What shit is getting real, man. Shit Indeed. is getting real. We got uh, Brasslets games are selling out. One of mine has sold. My Wraith game sold out of all weird things. My Streets of Avalon game, I think, had one seat left last I checked. So there's uh, there's plenty of good gaming to be had. There'll be some off-book stuff as usual. Free beer on Saturday by us. So it'll uh, it'll be fun. So hopefully we will see more and more of our listeners there. It'll be really cool. So some of the ones that you may be able to get into in the next, I mean, when you hear this, they could be gone, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I no know that. Yes, Jason Hobbs has one opening for his game. There is an opening for Forrest Aguirre's DCC game, Crawling Under a Broken Moon, which would be awesome. Uh, let's see, what else? We have 82 of 100 tickets left for the Gamer Meetup, which is the free beer, which is an event. So, Yeah, no ticket, no beer. (laughs) No ticket, no beer. It's free. It's a free event. You put it in your cart, and you get that, and then you show up and you drink beer. It's mostly in the... uh, I was going to say, it's mostly in the event, Calyx. You can schedule your day and get lined up for it, and we can figure out how many people actually showed and all that stuff. So That's true. But uh, it's very important. It, oh, it's because it's a ticketed event. I want to take all those tickets and put them in for prize drawings. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Alex thought that one through. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Uh, I don't think you... 
yeah, they'd have to write their stuff on the back of it. I don't have email that. so we can notify them. Oh, uh, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. Uh, VC Young is running. Um, what is the system? Six dash six system. Uh, he's got some openings. Uh, check that out. Five uh, E game by Chris Steele is got a couple tickets left. Uh, let's see, Eric Farmer, his dogs and hats solving crimes, which I think is gonna be phenomenal. Is gonna you got a, he's got a few tickets as of this recording. Now again, all this could be gone. Uh, let's see. Dave Beatty's coming up from South Carolina to run his Dark Trails game, which is a DCC um, Western. It's call of, it's like Call of Cthulhu meets DCC meets the Wild West. It's it's gonna be a fucking blast, is what it's gonna be. Uh, how can you not register for that thing? Uh, let's see. Jim Fitzpatrick has a, the sign sign system Thorny Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign is a story game based on the story of Nicaraguan sign language in which players work together to create a pieces of a sign language during play. That's a two hour one. So that's that one. Kev Thulu is running some monster hearts. You haven't tried monster hearts. You haven't tried some of these and you want to give it a shot. Like if you play five E all the time, go to the con, check something else out. Uh, go to gameholecon.com, gaming and BS in the search under events. Got to have a badge to, to register for an event. The, Brian, I have an announcement. What is it? The Sean Uber. The Sean Uber. Is it, is it back? It's back. It's back. I hope it's, I don't know if it's back for Thursday. I got to ask off and Sean's kind of in the hole for PTO for some ungodly reason. But. Yeah, that could be a problem. But anyway, the point is. The point is, if you are flying into Madison, Wisconsin, I'm going to say Friday for sure. Thursday, maybe. Wednesday, I don't think I can get to you. Uh, Let me know ahead of time, and I will pick you up at the airport and take you to your hotel, as long as it's still in Madison. That's for gamers going to GameholeCon. If you're a gamer and you're not going there and you show up during that time and you want me to take you to Milwaukee. Fuck off. <laughs> shit's not happening, brah. <clears throat> no, seriously, though, Sean has been kind enough to do that in the past. We've had a couple gamers take us up on it. Um, if we can help you out, basically, we'd like to. If we, if for some reason the schedules don't work, don't, cl- uh, don't uh, jive or whatever, that's fine, too. But, hey, if you want to, we'll uh, do, do our best to get you from point A to point B. We promise we will not mug you. No, Sean's promising. Sean's promising. I guess I'm, I can only speak for myself. Exactly. It depends Depends on what I've been drinking. Who knows what could happen? I'm kidding. Right. I'm kidding. No, <laughs> Brett's kidding. He's such a kidder. All right. All right. That's, that's it for Game Hole Con. Be All right. So. So speaking of conventions, Evercon, my uh, my lovely little convention in central Wisconsin, January um, 5, 6, and 7 of 2018, we have our submissions are open and pre-reg for badges is underway. We are doing the – it's 35 bucks if you pre-reg for the whole weekend. So you can get a weekend badge for 35 bucks At the door, weekend badge will be 40 So, hey, save yourself 5 bucks. Evercon.org, link in the show notes and all that good stuff. We would love to have – I know Corey Wynn is planning, hopefully, to come down, run some games. I know Kevin 
Lovecraft and I think Austin are going to do do me a solid and get some stuff going. And my usual gaming group up there will be uh, putting on some games as well. <clears throat> so similar to, you know, card games, board games, miniatures, whatever you'd like to do. You want to run a seminar, demo something, that'll be great. Um, even if you just want to know, hey, what kind of games are popular, whatever, hit hit me up. You know, hit hit us up via uh, if you're a patron, hit us over patron, or contact me on G+. Be a good way to get a hold of us or any of the usual, you know, gamingnbs.com uh, types of things. And I'll be happy to answer whatever I can. But hey, I need uh, need and would love to have quality gamers helping us run a good convention this coming January. So that's I'll out see there. If I can, I'll see if I can get up there. Special guest, Sean from Gaming NBS. We're getting, oh, get hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Whoa, hey. No, no, seriously. No, please stop. No, easy, easy, easy. Just wheel my chair up over here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a limo? Where's the oh a my limo? God. A limo right. just for me. Oh, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's nuts. Remember, M&M's green, all the M's face up. Yes, I know. You like your W's. Um, A quick bit. Um, Let's see. Nothing new on the uh, Avalon encoded thing. We're still working out some of the timing with uh, the guys uh, from Encoded going to QCC, uh, waiting for them to get back from that so we can sit down and talk some business and schedules and make some things happen. So still going to happen. Don't have the details. But in lieu of that exciting news, what's this thing you've started, Sean? Oh, what have man. You, what have you done to try to help out our fellow gamers in Texas? What, so, what are you doing here? For those that are not tuned in to some of the social media channels – I proposed this to Brett, and Brett was like, "Yeah, it's a great idea. Get it going." Yeah, I, I thought so, you know it's it's this is a really really cool thing to do. So anyway, sorry, go. So so gamers versus Harvey. I had to come up with something, and so hashtag gamers versus Harvey. Um, we gaming and BS podcast is we are going to take any funds that we get for the month of September. And we are going to donate them to the Houston Food Bank. And that's what it's actually called, the Houston Food Bank. Um, they are. We did some research. We looked them up on the Better Business Bureau. We looked them up on uh, Charity Explorer. I forgot what it's called. Um, and, and then their website. So we're going to take our funds and donate it to the folks that are struggling in Texas because of that motherfucker Harvey coming into town and dumping all kinds of shit on them. So what I proposed, I thought, you know, in my time of need, there were people like, Hey man, what can I do? Can we do anything? And I'm like thinking to myself, you know, life's not too bad, right? Those people, man, houses gone. I mean, it's freaking, I can't imagine being down there right now. And if I had my way, I'd just go down there and help somebody. But the one way we can help is if we chip in. Now, um, there is a website that I did put up uh, quick to explain a lot of this. If you head over to www.gamersfeedhouston.com, it'll take you to the website and participating podcasts and some of the details of whether you're a, a listener or a podcaster. So if you're a podcaster, this is how you can help. If you're a listener, this is how you can help. Now, to sum it up, Quick, like every podcast may be doing something a little bit different, right? Not everybody can afford to give up their, their patronage, uh, for the month. Um, you know, so we didn't want to, 
we didn't want to put like real hard boundaries because we fi- we figured if somebody can help in any way, then great. Like if they well, could chip in five bucks. Yeah, the last thing we want to do is say the only way you can get in on this cool thing we're trying to organize is if it's X number of dollars or more. That's bullshit, right? right? You, no. If you have the ability to help and you'd like to, this is an avenue for us to try to help. Because right. like I told Sean over text, there's gamers down there, man. We don't know who right. they are and I don't really care. I don't even, you know, whatever. Right. There's no reason we can't do something. And this is the best thing we can do. So in order to figure out Who's doing what and how you'll want to contact the specific podcast and just ask them like, Hey, how are you guys involved in this? And they'll outline kind of like, well, this is what we're going to, this is what we're doing. And, and that's their prerogative. And that's what they're going to do. Now, the only thing I've asked the podcasters that are participating is if they do come up with a dollar amount or a total amount, um, however they do it to let us know what that is. And we want to kind of let everybody know, hey, we raised 500 bucks. Hey, we raised 500 million bucks, whatever that is, so that we can kind of say, hey, gamers versus Harvey, we came together and we raised this money and, and dedicated it down to the folks in Texas. If you are, if so, for us, if you're a listener of the show and you want to help, um, you can do one of two things. You can become a patron um, and, and, our patronage is $1 per episode. And I think there's what, four Tuesdays this month. So it'd be $4 minimum uh, for the month. If you want to give, if you already are giving or you want to give more just for the month of September, you can, and then we will take that. And then you can kick down your, kick down your patronage after September. Heck, you can even abandon it, right? You don't have to give them anymore after the month of September. So we're going to give that all donations too. So if people want to go to Patreon and sign up for account and blah, 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 they just want to donate via PayPal. We have a PayPal on our support page, gamingmbs.com uh, forward slash support. And there's a patron or a patron. There's a PayPal link. You just wire us some money. Um, it could be a dollar if you want. And we'll put that all in the fun. Uh, again, other podcasts may be doing it differently. Now, for folks that are podcasters or listen to this and like, Hey, listen to this piece where Sean's talking about it. I do not want to collect your money. I don't want your money outside of our own show. Uh, I don't want anybody to question any integrity or any ethics like that stuff. So in short, every podcast that participates would just go straightly straight to the Houston food bank, which I'll have a link in the show notes. And it's on that website I mentioned, and they could just donate, when it says organization or on behalf of an organization, just put in a hashtag gamers versus Harvey. And then I think you have to put in your own address or the, the address of the organization. Um, just put in your own, but at least then they'll kind of go, Oh, the same org keeps donating from other places. Um, yes. So that's it. If you are unable to donate because times are tough, we all have to eat ourselves. I get that. The one thing you can do is help spread the word. So maybe you have another favorite podcast that is not aware of this. Let them know like, hey, these guys are kind of doing something. Would you guys consider doing something? Uh, And if they're not uh, able to do something, that's the the way they can help is spread the word. So literally for free, you can help. You just tell people like this is happening uh, and hopefully we will come together and. 
kind of make a little bit of a difference somewhere down near the Houston area. So again, if you have any questions, we'll put a link in the show notes, click on the link. I try to explain that in text on the, um, the website, www.gamersfeedhouston.com. So having said that, the participating podcasts, which I want to acknowledge because they're doing, they're all like, yep, I'm in, count us in. Uh, the Closet Gamer, uh, so Michael Parker uh, is, is involved with that. Um, so he's just getting a podcast underway, but he's like, hey, I may not be making any money, but I'll do what I can. Perfect. She's a super geek. So if you haven't checked them out, um, they're going to be on that website uh, with links to their shows. Uh, Tabletop Game Talk, that's Chris Steele and uh, uh, his two co-hosts are involved. They do board games, so they're in. Uh, the Wild Die Podcast, so Eric Lamoureux and uh, the gang is going to be involved. Uh, Hobbs and Friends of the OSR, so Jason Hobbs is is in. Uh, and Drink Spin Run, so Adam Miscavige and Don Stroud are, are saying, yep, we're in, man. And so... If you want to know and you're fans of those guys um, and you want to dedicate like money to them or something, uh, by all means, you don't have to give it to Gaming MBS by any means, but it's a good cause. I think I've gone way too long about that. It's all right. It's uh, important, man. It's important. I mean, this is this is big earth shattering stuff. I mean, your motorcycle accident was bad. My wife losing, you know, having car issues is bad, but this is beyond bad. This is catastrophic for a lot of people. And. We, yeah, like if, nine if, trillion if, gallons freaking yeah. dumped on Houston, man. It's that's yeah. that is fucking insane. So if you're living under a rock and you don't know what that and you don't know what's going on, go to your local news station. I'm sure somebody's got something. But anyway, we wanted to do something. I thought Sean had a great idea. So if you can help, great. If you can't, please spread the word and uh we'll just we want to do what we can. That's what it comes down to. And Irma's coming. So if you're in Florida and and uh, the Virgin Islands and some of the islands out down in the, um, the Caribbean area, man, batten down the hatches, man. Don't be a hero. Stay safe. And God, I hope we don't have to keep doing this every well, that's, week. Uh, that's Jen and uh, Bob Brinkman are in Florida area. And if you follow them on Facebook or at all or anything, they're in the battening down hatches and looking for safety and so forth. So, Jen and Bob, take care. And any other gamers in the in the uh, Madison, excuse me, anybody out there that we know, um, we've got friends or family in Florida. Hope it goes better than the poor folks in Houston. So, uh, good lord, it's rough. Makes yeah, my makes my so- makes my car problems look like a fucking nothing, dude. Yeah, right. Like I just lost my entire fucking house. Like, wow. Okay. All right. Let's get into let's get into random encounter then. Let's do it. Something fun. All right, random encounter. Uh, we've got a couple this week. Brett, you want to start off? Or you want me to start? What do you want to do? I'll do it. Feedback on our last episode on classless games. Spencer Clark commented. He said, "I've enjoyed the classless. I enjoyed the classless games episode. I've been invited to play Shadowrun for the first time, and I've had fun working character creation. But without any life path or guidelines for matching archetypes, I found myself doing a lot of back and forth trying to keep my choices fitting with one another." Like you talked about in the second half, I think it's really easy to spread yourself too thin mechanically when there's no template to work from. So I asked the veteran players, quote, what do I need to make my character mechanically viable or is that less important in this game? Unquote. I was a little confused because it sounded like you were talking about Shadowrun as a game with classes. Uh, Was that true in previous editions? I've only spent a brief time with the 5e rules, but all I've seen from the archetypes is a very broad description of what role they fill, but no guidelines for creating them mechanically. 
So <clears throat> Spencer, I responded back to Spencer on uh, the G plus community where he posted this up and I was hearkening back to my first and second edition Shadowrun days in days gone by. And, um, the archetype concept of the street samurai, the rigor, the, um, I think there were talismongers, um, uh, deckers, street, you know, street shamans, blah, 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 all these types of things out there. Even I think they used to be prepackaged type of things you could buy. Regardless, my comment to Spencer was taking that and saying, here's a theme I want to build off of. Take the street samurai theme and build a thing that fits that theme, gives you some, a box to work within, as opposed to having so many options, you're not quite sure what to do with. It just helps to guide you. And, uh, I probably did even better, even worse job now verbalizing it, but in in writing on the Google Plus stream there, uh, Spencer's like, oh, cool, I, I dig that, I get what you're saying. So anyway, that was uh, that was my point I was trying to make with that piece. I see. Yeah. Crim fan on the same episode, I've, I've played plenty of such games that I didn't have classes or even splats. Humans in New World of Darkness, BRP, Champions, etc., Usually what you need to do or encourage a player to do is think of a theme or job of some sort so they end up making characters that have a reasonably integrated set of abilities and then leave some things off to the side for customization. In a sense, make a template for yourself or have the GM help develop one. In a modern game, a job often helps provide that structure. Quote, let's see, she's a cop, so she'll have the following kinds of skills. Or, he's a doctor who used to do EMS calls at night in the Tough City Hospital, so he'll have doctor skills and also will be a little tougher than the average upper-middle-class honor roll student. Uh, In a supers, you can often get an idea from comics. There are different types of heroes like the Brick, Blaster, Speedster, Mentalist, Genius, Martial Artist, Gadgeteer, Paragon, etc. Different supers might fix these types, such as uh, mix these types, such as Batman, who's both a martial artist and gadgeteer, but he is a detective. He's also de- – yeah, which just He's more mix, 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 right? Right, right. You don't have to say – I think what Krim fans getting at here is is dead right. Well, I like both of these things. Boom, put them in a blender, babe. Make your own. You can totally zip zap it and make your own. Roll your own, yeah. man. Yeah, you can totally be a dark elf wielding dual scimitars. What? Why not? Who? Who is that? Black Panther as your animal companion. Carry on. And you can write novels about it, and then just you're you're done. Retire. (laughs) We love you, Bob. Uh, If you if you totally open it up and everyone chooses drive, the players are voting for a game with a heavy amount of driving and chase scenes. Yeah. One thing that can be kind of challenging in a lot of these kinds of games is that it's very hard to make a capable character under the rather tight budget that starting characters start on. I've long thought that some starting templates or templates or everyman skills that are setting specific would be helpful. In a modern America game, most people know how to drive. They may not drive well, well that's no shit, uh, but they have the basics of it. Of course, people who grew up in New York City often don't know how to drive, but they'd have slightly different skills. Yeah, there's a thing I've done when it comes to that. And uh, I've seen other game masters do this in in the past as well, where they say, well, I made a character like this. I only had 50 points to spend. Boy, I'm like, well, what's what's her thing? 
Well, you know, I really think she should have some of this, but I kind of skimped on it. Give yourself a point in drive. Give yourself a point in this. All right, give yourself two points in there. That only makes sense. Um, John Wick has said this <clears throat> before, and it's kind of the, how many points do I get to make my character? It, how many points do you need? And that's a different topic, perhaps for another show, but the idea of it from character balance and so forth, but even from the character gen perspective is that, look, if it helps you make the character you want to start out with, um, perhaps gifting a point or two isn't necessarily the end of the world. I think that might definitely be a show topic. I'll have to throw that in the bin for ne- for another time. But uh, anyway, good stuff. Thank you, Krimfan. <sighs> Let's see. Jake over on Facebook, he said, hi, I'm Jake from Salt Lake City. I've been listening for- not, not- not from State Farm. No, not from State Farm. No, not at all. Salt Lake. Salt Lake City. City. <clears throat> he says he's been listening for a little over a month now from episode one, and I'm at about 124. I know Brett likes to read, and he talked about Wheel of Time as one of the books. He's asking, have Have you read the Brandon Sanderson Cosmere books? Speaking of, have you tried the Mistborn RPG game? So I can answer those back to right. No and no. Have Sean, you heard of Mistborn, Brett? I have I have heard of Mistborn. I have not played it. So I have heard of Mistborn. It is by the uh Crafty Games, uh previous publishers of Spycraft. Mm. Um they they went off the rails. That's my interpretation because I liked them. Uh I liked Alex uh and who's the other Patrick? From, okay. uh, they were at AEG, and then they did Crafty Games, and came out with Spycraft, and they came out with Mistborn, and I think they came out with a generic fantasy. It's escaping my mind, and somebody's yelling at the radio, and I should Google it. Why don't you do that? Oh, and Jake goes on to say, he's ma- I'm making a homebrew game based off the magic systems of the co- of the Cosmere using Mutants and Masterminds as a universal system. I feel it works f- uh, more simple than GURPS does. Hell, what doesn't? Ha ha ha. Um, that's those, that's Brett's aside there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Steve. Anyway, um, Jake goes on with when I got done with your gods episode, I felt disappointed since the uh, I oh, uh, I got done with the gods episode, I felt disappointed since the Cosmere has so much more to do with gods. I was hoping for more insight into how to implement them. Please let me know if you can share some more insight. I'm also making a Mutants and Masterminds two shot Halloween special kind of campaign mixing World War II Wolfenstein with Castlevania. I'm hoping that will be as fun as it sounds. Good gaming, everyone. You know what, Jake? That's a <clears throat> we've had a couple different comments around the gods episode. So I was noodling on this with Sean a while back. You know, clearly we've done now 155 of these. Uh, opinions and thoughts, and you guys have always, you men and women who are listeners of ours, have always felt fed us some really good um, just thinking brain food back around different ideas and things. So I think uh, revisiting the gods component may be. A uh, just taking a different take on it might be another good one for a topic. So that will go into the list. Thank you, Jake, and thanks for listening, man. That's just awesome. Always good to have a new listener, and uh, it's cool that you've stuck with us for about 124 episodes. So that's pretty. That's pretty damn good. Thanks, man. Fantasy craft. Fantasy craft. I do recall that one too. Again, those were those were games like, oh, look at that. Walked away. No. Fifty bucks gets you three books. And the core book is no joke at 400 pages. Good Lord. I have, I have not played those. I have not played that, but nonetheless. Anyways, that's that's the folks at Crafty. So they cool. do the Mistborn. Yeah, thanks for writing in, friends. 
Shall we go on? Let we us shall show. get to the the main the topic of Maine. Oh, uh. So Brett as I said, Brett, what are we gonna talk about? He's like, ah, kind of noodling this over. And then he sent me an email and he's like, What what is it, Brett? What's the topic? Mis- mistakes were made. <laughs> and what and what was my response? Well, we need to see what you did. I don't make mistakes. That's right, Brett. <laughs> so Brett said, Hey, I I made some mistakes in my last game and I think we sh- I should talk about them. Sound good, and I said, "Sure, man. It's going to be your show because I don't make mistakes." Yeah, so <laughs> let's. I got a seventies laugh track for this. I just, I just think uh, Sean's uh, Sean's just not is in touch with his inner gamer, perhaps. Anyway, so I'll start off and see if Sean wants not, to chip I in. Not, I am not self-aware. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Great game. Okay, dude. Whatever you say. <laughs> sure. Whatever, dude. People left crying. Someone slashed your tires. Three tires. Why? No, it's hey. a good game. Everyone had fun. Five of these Yahoo's uh may or may not listen to us, but they're gonna be in my game hole con game. I wonder how I get people to sign up for my games. <laughs> I I think I, it's I think it's just people listen to this thing. No, well, I think part of it is they sign up simply to see if they if it's it can't be that bad. <laughs> All right, so let me kick this thing off and see if Sean has the balls to say anything. Or okay, so that that's horribly sexist. Let's see if Sean's hey, got the I, intestinal fortitude to step up and admit some mistakes. Don't want to be sexist here. I will. Bad thing. I will play a role playing gamer. So I will take a role, the role of a <laughs> DM or GM that has made mistakes. Okay, fine. Just I don't I don't know where you get your material from, but just ad lib it. So here we go. So I ran DCC, a campaign for my home crew. <clears throat> I decided what I wanted to do was to, I bought the uh, Rise of the Courts of Chaos. Um, it's a compilation of a series of modules that Goodman Games put out. I picked it up. I'm like, this is perfect. This is great. This is what I'm going to run. It'll be awesome. And um, it started out great. And I had a little hand-drawn maps. It was really cool. So from a mistakes perspective, number one, um, I didn't really keep notes, which is a weird thing for me. I have been keeping very good notes and publishing them for my games. Usually every month saying, Hey, this is what happened last time. Here's where we're at. So even if the players don't read it, the exercise of doing so keeps it fresh in my mind. And then just before the game starts, <clears throat> I go, fuck, what the hell happened last time? Read, read, read. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Click, click, click Get the brain going back in that space. I'm good. So we got, <clears throat> we would get together and for the first two sessions, everything was totally clicking. By the third session, though, enough stuff had happened that I completely blanked on a few things. Like, who is that guy? What was that thing? Are, are we even going in the right direction anymore? I mean, I like real honest to God, rookie, rookie cockups that I had because I didn't take any freaking notes. I, and I'm kicking myself for it now. Because the end of the campaign was great. I thought it was a lot of fun. It kind of had a wonky ending, which was very DCC. Um, it could have been better had I taken some notes. The other thing that I found is that my crew and I, for whatever reason, leaned into the wacky part instead of the weird, right? 
So something, a couple different things happened with DCC in the game that was just plain funny or something was described and everyone went and somebody giggled or started laughing because it was just funny. You know, man-sized, naked, hairless cats that try to vomit down your throat. That's just weird, right? It's weird. It can be creepy and so forth. It didn't come across that way at all. It came across as almost a slapstick type of thing, which is not what I meant to do. And we stopped it, right? We got, we went, okay, let's stop. Let's get a little more serious here, guys. Come on, come on, come on. Um, But I did not, the tone that I wanted to enforce through the game, and I didn't want it to be cartoony. And it wasn't that way the whole time, but there were moments when we would kind of take this left turn or right turn into this wonky kind of cartoony area. And it was almost so wacky, so over the top that it was more funny than anything else. And the guys had a lot of fun with it. They'd, they'd play it again, but it was it's viewed more as a palate cleanser than it was like a, a serious role-playing game. Now, I know that there are plenty of people who play DCC as campaigns, play it really serious, get into character and, and so forth. But I think that had I helped, had I tried to enforce the tone more and perhaps even called out the things in the adventures, right? I tried to run most of them kind of as written. Had I gone through and adjusted a little bit more and changed some of the things to make it perhaps a little more dark or something more to fit the taste of my group, I think it may have went over well. But that was the the biggest piece, though, was the notes. And by not having that, it was difficult for me to remember back. You know, I changed jobs in between here and there and <clears throat> trying to sort different things out. And say, what happened last time? And then had I had that memory jogger, I would have went, oh, yeah, that was a time when the naked hairless cat tried to puke down Zave's character's mouth and everyone got a laugh out of it. That was not good. Let's make this a little more serious. Let's not do that type of thing again. I wasn't able to take my lessons learned from session to session because I didn't write anything down. God damn it. Sean, do you have anything to say to that or are you just going to listen to me? Just checking. I'm, just, I'm, all, I'm all ears, man. You're just, just letting me have my... My moment <laughs> where, I could, where I can confess my sins. This is a time for reflection, Brett, and a way for us, you and I, to become better. Because we are not perfect. Well, well I mean. I'm not. At least one of us is not perfect. That's adorable. <laughs> so the other life thing. Is a, life is a learning experience, Brett. Absolutely. Um, with my Lamentations of the Flame Princess campaign, I wrapped that up as well. Um, <clears throat> I had really, I had really good notes out of this one, which was nice. I had a really cool map. It was working really well. The one thing I learned about the Lamentations game was that I had a um, a couple of friends of mine who were, who were playing it. They didn't mind getting into character, and they had a really good time. It was freaking dark and brutal, and people got you know faces bit off with bear traps, and it was it was nasty, but. How do I do this? There was the mechanics of the game were are very simple. It's not that hard to deal with, but I don't think they were ready for the uh, for how weak the characters were. <clears throat> I had a couple of people like, "Well, these characters basically can't even survive," and blah blah blah. And I had to look at them like, "Yeah, that's the point. The character isn't a god. He or she will get tougher as they go along, but." If the problem is too big, why are you just charging headlong into it? There's a playstyle thing that 
the group had a hard, a couple of members of the group had a hard time swallowing, I think. And it doesn't mean that they didn't like it. They had a lot of fun with it. We talked about it. And a couple of guys who complains a strong word. When we look back on it, they said, you know, I don't think I fully understood, Brett, how deadly it was and how um, <clears throat> useless. One guy said useless and another person said um, useless or, you know, low grade, unskilled, blah, blah, blah. And some of it also came down to, we talked about this a little bit in the skills when we talked about skills and uh, games that don't have skill lists. And that was kind of the impetus for that discussion. But it came up again, <clears throat> excuse me, at the tail end, without a definitive list of things that you can or can't do. It was actually throwing some gamers off. And come to find out, I did. Ha- I do have some gamers that did not play a lot of old school first edition AD&D where they didn't have big skill lists. A lot of the stuff that they play, like Rollmaster and stuff, was rife with skill lists. So it was just, it was really different. And I did not, I did not take into account how jarring that could be compared to many of the other fantasy game systems that we've been playing. So it was a huge, I was totally into it. Lenny was totally into it. And a couple of the guys were, but some, some folks, I think it was really jarring. And, um, I didn't think that'd be a big deal. I'm like, Oh, the group can handle, handle it. And then, you know, thinking handling it, <clears throat> it's like, Oh, they're big kids. They'll, they'll tough it out. No, nah, it's not even so much like being tough or having the guts to handle it. It's dealing with, um, expectations again at the top. Had I gone through character generation a little more detail, maybe run a mock combat, maybe described it a little bit more, that would have gotten some of the guys who hadn't read the complete rules, who hadn't really grokked how dangerous it would be, I think that would have gotten them over that hump. What do you think, Sean? It depends. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Don't, 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 Don't give Ron Blessing any ammo. (laughs) um i think so i i don't think what you run into is completely uncommon as a matter of fact it's probably more common than than not and uh the the specifics i'm talking about is when you start on a um your group uh, so here's my take i think when you have a group especially one that's been playing together quite some time that they have a they have a chemistry which absolutely. is good yep absolutely but, but they also have a kind of a standard way of playing and i don't think that's a bad thing don't the don't misconstrue that as as negative but at the same time you know if, especially if you've played like a game maybe a particular game maybe two games um for a long time on and off. Could be on and off, could be long duration. And then you switch it up to another game, especially like fantasy, right? You play D&D, throw in Lamentations, play some DCC, Swords and Wizardry, you know, and if you're used to playing Pathfinder all the time, you're going to play it in a particular manner. And then all of a sudden you shift gears, literally, like it's shifting gears in a car, like Ooh, I'm cruising down the road all of a sudden. I don't know how to drive this thing. I'm going to put the clutch in. And, oh, I'm going to throw it into this gear. Whoa, that's second gear, and I'm going 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Right? So then it's like, oh, duh, it, it's not run like that. It's not play, It's I wouldn't say it's not played like that because you can kind of you can play games any different way. But you know what I'm saying, Brett? You go to like, okay, we're used to running in and killing shit, and we're badasses. 
And then you go into a DCC funnel and you're like, okay, I run in with my club and I've got two hit points. And you're getting like, you know, you roll up six characters and three of them are dead in the first hour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for somebody that's like, well, what the fuck? My guys grooved on the funnel. They didn't mind it. I think what happened, though, was that the funnel set a tone of capriciousness and wackiness that, oh, never, sure. that never left. Well, no, but I also think that like maybe DCC is a bad example. But if you go to like Lamentations, you're oh, okay. more vulnerable. Yep. Right? You're more vulnerable. Yep. Yes, the wackiness piece, like, I, I think... You can yeah. That's a hard one to like serious versus kind of just a chuckle because you get. You ever played? You ever play Serious Sam, Brett? No. Serious Sam. For all right, I'm gonna digress because it's probably the only thing I'm gonna be able to contribute this whole damn episode. All right. So for those of you that know what Serious Sam is, that's an awesome video game. It's back in the land game of days. They were. It was. Uh, created by a Croat team, like as in Croatia. So it was really good graphics, but it was wacky, right? It's a first-person shooter, and you are on a team of whoever's on your team, like whatever, four, two to ten people, and all you're doing is going through levels, and they throw wacky stuff at you. Like there's guys, like humanoid bodies with like no heads, with like chains and bowling balls for like their appendage. And they just come at you like, and I think they were even screaming like, Oh, and that's all they do. Like waves of them. So it's kind of, it reminds me of serious Sam. Don't ask me why it's called serious Sam, but, and, and it, it serious Sam is not serious. Cause the people you can play is like seventies disco guy. And, cowboy i don't even know they're just all weird but the the my point of this goddamn story is that it had weird freaking beasties that would come at you and it was hard to kind of be like it's not doom it's not quake it's these things these guys made up and they're kind of hilarious because they're like what in the hell is this thing coming at me yeah and it, it's goofy because call of cthulhu has equally whack quote-unquote conceivably wacky ass weird shit I mean, there's some terrifying weirdness, and I think a lot of it comes down to oh, I'm playing Call of Cthulhu, it's a horror game, so you have you have a, a feel. And right. my group has not played a lot of DCC, and it was our first it was our first run at a campaign. It was fun; we had a good time with it. And I don't think what we did was wrong per se. It was, I think, I felt disappointed because I was hoping for a different feeling to the game, a different tone, and I just wasn't able to capture it for whatever reason. I think. And I do agree with you. I think what may have happened is that the way my group plays, that's just how they react to that type of thing. It would take a more concerted effort to change that approach for them, perhaps. Hmm. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I I do think that if you're playing a particular game and you're playing like Call of Cthulhu, it's got this ominous, you know. Everybody's going to die. Probably everything is foggy. Oh, yeah. It's always oh, raining. Yeah. Right. Always raining. Always Thunder dreary. in the background. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, inbred with know. fish people. It's just crazy. <laughs> right. But you don't. 
but it's like the deal and it sets the mood and the tone. It is. And I think, I I think it's just kind of, no, I get it. I totally get it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So the only other thing I really wanted to throw out, I don't know why this was in here. I'm going to get rid of this one. Take that one out. Anyway, um, adjusting the notes. I don't want to talk about that one. Um, I was, I've been playing in a Ravenloft game and my buddy Alpha has been running. And uh, a 5e Curse of Strahd, which is interesting because I'm having an incredibly difficult time not being that guy who goes, ooh, I know it's in the windmill. Ooh, I know what that is because I've heard. I've never had um, like spoilers bother me before. I can normally shunt them out of my brain. But a lot of the guys I'm playing with in that game did not play a lot of Actually, there's only one other person in that group besides Alpha and I in this little subgroup that have ever played any of the classic D&D stuff. Zave, Nick, and JR, some. But there are a lot of monsters that come up and I'm like, oh, that's a, that's an X. And the guy's like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, what do you mean, what is that? That's a ghast. A what? Oh, that's not what we're used to, ghast like this. I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys played Rollmaster. You played something different. And it, it's this bizarre <laughs> feeling of them playing with these people who've been gaming as long, if not longer than me. They just grew up with a different system and a different world. And I'm kind of looking at them like, how do you not know this? And I'm like, wait a minute. That's how I should be playing right now. They're absolutely in awe. And they're like, oh, my God, the, the mystery of this thing. And what the fuck is that? And I don't have it because I'm like, oh, that's a that's a whatever. Oh, that's a blah. You know, and I'm just like, oh, I got it. I know what that is. And I'm thinking to myself, I could probably enjoy the fuck out of this game a lot more if I took a page from them. I mean, because these are grown men that have been playing for a long time. We're all in our 40s plus. And some of them just don't know that stuff. I'm like, God damn it. I really, (laughs) I need to take a page out of that book and watch my kids play again and try to emulate that. I'm having fun with the game, but there, it's, I have to put a lot of energy, personal energy into not spoiling it by metagaming the fuck out of it. Like, oh, that's a this. I know what that means. Or I've heard a thing. I remember vaguely reading the original Ravenloft piece. I think I know where that came from. Shut up, Brett. Shut up, Brett. Shut up, Brett. You know, that's all that crap is running in the back of my head. So what I did was I made a character, and I have slowly but surely kind of put him in the background. He does certain things, but I try desperately not to be the voice of the group or push them in certain directions because (laughs) I'm kind of nervous that I might accidentally be pushing them towards the quote-unquote right answer type of thing because of inadvertently metagaming it based just based on overall knowledge. I've never, I've never encountered that before where I'm like, wow, am I really the only person at this table right now who knows all this crap and none of you guys know anything? This is weird. Um, so it's it just, it's a new experience for me and I, I've never, I've never had to deal with that before. There's usually somebody else with me at least who knows enough about the game system or the monsters or whatever, who can kind of look at each other and go, oh. And everyone else goes, what? Go, never mind, never mind. I know, but my character shouldn't. And ah. everyone goes, okay, cool, we get that. Then we can play through it. But because I'm the only person at the table who knows, I don't have anybody to bounce it off of except the game master. He's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> he doesn't want me to ruin it for anybody. So I'm trying really desperately hard not to be that asshole at the table. It's proving to be harder than I thought it would be. So my inner Kelly's coming out. That's what's happening. Oh, man. And you got to watch out who you hang around. 
Exactly. Shit rub shit rubs off. Good lord. Yeah. That's just it's an odd it's an odd thing. I, I think honestly, from lessons learned piece, and the reason that this topic came to my mind is just kind of a every time I'm done with a campaign, excuse me, either playing in one or uh running one, especially running one, as I try to do the project manager thing and say, okay, what what can I learn? What could get better for next time? We've talked about this before. Where you ping the group. Hey, Sean, you played in my Trail of Cthulhu game. What did you like? What didn't you like? Pulling that type of stuff together. But the other piece is don't forget, you as Game Master, your enjoyment. What didn't you like? What I didn't like about my DCC game was that it got a couple of guys use the term cartoony. It got cartoony. It got a little wacky and less serious than I wanted it to be. So, Sean, some of the things you said gave me some better thoughts around it. So that's just kind of, okay, what could I do to change that next time? Is there anything I could do? Could I introduce the game differently? Same with Lamentations is some of the group was not fully prepared, like emotionally, if you will, or player-wise to say, hey, you're incredibly vulnerable. Don't charge into stuff. You know, there are no skills. If you want to do something, tell me what it is. Tell me how you're doing it. Say, I'd like to make a strength check. I'd like to do something or other, right? You know, coaching some of those folks through a game system that I thought they'd played, but they hadn't, you know, you know, BX, D&D type of thing. And the lesson there is don't assume everyone has the same level of system mastery just because they say they've played it before. Because I've run into that a couple different times. It just hit me really strong in my Lamentations game and in the DCC game. Oh, I read the rules. Oh, I've done this. Yeah, that was either perhaps a very long time ago, or you didn't do it quote-unquote right, or it's maybe not something you're grok right now, blah, blah, blah. But between writing the notes, which is just a staple thing I should be doing, God damn it, dumbass, either putting them in a notebook for myself or I have a wiki page or somewhere I can publish it, a Google Plus community like I've talked about. I need to get back on that on that horse and get that done. And from a tone perspective, every session, if you want to maintain a certain tone, it needs to be enforced every session. I need to do a better job of that. And then, um, like I said, when it comes to the game systems themselves, don't assume everyone has the same level of knowledge. That's a rookie mistake, but I just felt it was worth calling out now that I've been doing this for a very long time and... We still fuck things up. Unless you're Sean. Sean doesn't make mistakes. Well, you know. Actually, Sean doesn't run games anymore. So that's why he doesn't make <laughs> mistakes anymore. It's, it's easy to have a good track record when you're not on the track. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Last game I ran. Because I, I haven't played. <laughs> this, Brett's the, on to me. Uh, just a little bit. What I So, all right, Sean. Anything, any other, what, what, so I laid this on you. Do you have any insider like, hey, you dumbass, obviously. Did, do you think I missed anything kind of in the, what I laid out? I mean, obviously there's more nuances perhaps behind it, but. These, these are, these are things anybody can run into and it just, you know, because Brett and I bring it up doesn't, you know, because we talk about this stuff doesn't mean we're infallible and we, we, we know exactly, we can read the minds of the table. Yeah, that's kind of why I want to talk about. That's why I want to talk about. I've been gaming with these guys for over for over twenty five years, and I still fucked up. You know, it happens. It happens. Well, and so I think at the same time, the message, even 
aside from all that is that, you know, some folks, there, there are some folks that are like inspired to run their games. We've got some that are like, I've never run a con game and they're going to Gary con or game hole con or whatever con they're going to. And it's like their first game they're running. It might be their first one ever. It could be the first one at a con and they get like, Oh, you know, it's, it's a big deal, which it is, but they're looking at it from like a big deal. Like, I hope I don't mess things up. Yeah. And the whole Brett has known these guys forever. And he's still, I mean, look at it. The guy's a mess. He still, <laughs> stuff nice. you know, nice. and so oh, it wow. just goes to wow. show you that, that Brett, Brett with the gaming group that, you know, guy Gex would have been proud to model a game after. Well, sometimes I just, I look at it this way. I failed them. They didn't fail me. Right. Oh, <laughs> and Brett being the guy that he is takes the heat. Like I wouldn't stand. I would be like, it's all the players. Yeah. You'd be like, fuck those guys. Let them on fire. Throw them off a cliff, man. Who cares? Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, hey, you'd, you'd, you'd knock them down and take their lunch money. But so everybody should just, you know, not get worked up over this stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it's okay to fail before and like, hey, you're going to mess something up. And <clears throat> we talked a little bit about mistakes you and I have made in the past. This was just things that kind of hit me real recently. And I thought, you know, it's worth throwing out there. These are some really simple table stakes stuff that we've talked about. I'm like, yeah, I should always do this. And yeah, I like to do this. And lo and behold, this is exactly what happens to Brett when he doesn't keep notes and publish them in some format things get fucking derailed because I don't know. I can't remember stuff like I used to. I don't remember what happened here. I, I lose track of a name or, or something silly happens. Um, if I don't help enforce the tone every session, things get cartoony, things get a little wonky. And if I don't take the time to make sure that the people who don't have the same level of system knowledge, spend a little extra time with them, help them coach them at the game. There's no reason to, um, be overly heavy handed. Like, you know, we talked about how to learn RPGs, right? Yeah. Just because you've played BX before, doesn't mean you played Lamentations before. Just because you've played Redbox right. doesn't mean you've played it in the last 20 fucking years, you know? <clears throat> so don't assume that just because everyone's done a thing that they have the same level of mastery that you who reread the rules five times in preparation for this game now know like the back of your hand. Not everybody does. They may have indeed played it, like I'm running a Warhammer first edition campaign with the guys now, and we just made characters this last session. But I reread that rule book twice now because it's been a long time. Actually, it's been since last Gamehole Con that I ran it, and I want to brush up on the rules. So I started looking around, talked to Brassel a little bit online, got some thoughts from him, and I reread the rules and just making sure I've got stuff together, went through the character creation. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doing this one by the book. This is the type of thing that would tell people on my podcast to do it this way, so God damn it, I'm doing it because I know this works. So I made those mistakes. I'm like, you know what? I think the best thing to do then is the next thing I'm doing is I'm gonna going to make sure that all the things I skipped or didn't do quite right last time, I'm going to do right this time. Putting the energy into it and making sure that stuff is there. Still don't do a hell of a lot of prep, it's post game stuff. It's the, you know, it's the notes for me and it's enforcing tone. Those notes, those little bullet point things that can just help me take it over from eh to back to where it ought to be a really good game session. So anyway, that's all I had, man. So I didn't mean to bring you behind the confessional and 
I'll go do my Hail Marys and our fathers. Oh, I should be man. fine. I think it's good stuff, man. And raising the hood and, and showing what what's underneath the the cover. Yeah. It's good sometimes. So obviously other people out there have screwed something up, I'm sure. Or if you just like to um razz me and tell me how much I suck, feel free to do that too. Um but um get a hold of us and um if you've done something like that and you're willing to share it, we'd love to grab it. We don't have to we don't have to read it online. We can use an assumed name if you'd rather not have anybody know what you did. Um but sometimes um if nothing else, kind of the how do you capture your lessons learned and how are you, what are you doing to help ensure that you're getting better at it? Because right now I'm taking my approach now is I'm taking a more systematic approach to making sure I'm covering the bases I should cover. It's kind of like, did I do this thing? Did I do that thing? Almost a checklist. And again, it'll become second nature. Bam, 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 bam. I'll be back in my groove. But I'm out of the groove, so I got to reinforce it with myself. So just curious what other people have done or are doing to make sure that they don't have... A Brett moment. Don't 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 well, be don't be like Brett, man. There was a there was a podcast I was listening to, and I can't remember who it was, and I can't remember the story exactly, but it had something to do with somebody just starting out, and they were like, "Oh, I'm gonna game master," and they started running a game, and they're they got like a major rule messed up. Like instead of something like uh, I don't know if they were using AC for hit points or vice versa. Maybe it was hit points. Like they used hit points for armor class. So of course, like all the player characters were just like, you know, first level rolling a D20 and the person's got, you know, the, the NPC's got four hit points. They were just like, and then I don't know what they used for like that made, they might've used the hit points for armor class and then they used something else, but it was like, they couldn't understand like why they walked through it or why they were having such a hard time or something. <laughs> that's funny. And so, I mean, if you've got a story like that, that's kind of, you can look back and, and laugh how, how you kind of get the wires crossed. That'd be kind of hilarious. We could all have a good laugh at your expense. <laughs> all right. I'm not saying that was me. God damn it. I probably, I might've made that mistake when I was a kid. I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm not a GM. And then just like, you were doing it this way the whole time, you dumbass. You were doing it the wrong way. Like, yeah, no, there's there's plenty of those moments out there too. Anyway, yeah. that's all I had. Let's go on to die roll, man. Die roll. All right. Enough of my enough of my personal shame. Let's talk about something else. Right. Okay, Brett. So, um, a couple of people pointed this out. I saw it um, as well. There is a schoolgirl in a Cornish Lake in the UK pulled out a four foot long sword. <laughs> there's this wonderful picture <laughs> excuse me Matilda Jones wading through water at this uh, pool in Cornwall when she stumbles across a four foot long sword she pulls out this gigantic claymore looking thing it is so freaking cool so you look at it's that a, the prophecy's been filled prophecy's been fulfilled I just um, I for one uh, uh, welcome the arrival of Merlin and the uh, and the in the court so I will bend the knee to that young lady. I don't see why not. As if I don't. Off with your head. <laughs> That's how that goes. Going to be in a lot of trouble. So not only is it just cool news-wise, historical, but these are the type of things. I, I've used this. I actually used this sort of thing uh, in a campaign once where they happened upon a thing, found it, went, oh, I don't know what that is. And like, oh, my God, that was the item of some bizarre prophecy. And the, and the characters are roaming around with it, just using it because it's just a plus one sword, but it turned out to be like the sword of a certain prophecy, and they kept flashing it, and people 
it drew a lot of attention to themselves. So it's it's totally gameable. I just thought it was a lot of fun to to read that story. So I had to share that. Sean, your turn. All right. Encounter Roleplay website has been launched. Uh, it's an interesting website. I saw it on Twitter and I checked it out and it was a well done website. I was fairly impressed. Um, so they have feature articles, podcasts, and shows. Um, I believe shows are more of the video side and podcasts are audio, but I thought it's a resource you guys can check out. It's pretty decent and, uh, you know, it sounds like they're biting off quite a, quite a bit and, uh, who knows? Cool. Um, Number dos, Rob Whelan is doing reviews of D6 Star Wars adventures. So he's got a bunch and he's like, hey, who would uh, who would like it if I reviewed some of the D6 adventures that I own? And I'm like, hey, I'll do that. You know, I'll, I'll get in on that. And so he's doing those. Link in the show notes. Rob's a cool guy. I met him at GameholeCon a while back. He's a cool dude. Milwaukee guy. Yeah, he is. Nice. Just Down the a, road. A ton of fun. Writes a lot for, uh, so he has done uh, the robot one, right? What's the robot? Yeah. Oh, RPG. shit. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's, he wrote stuff for White Wolf. He's done Fate stuff. It's He was a blast. He, he was a cool guy to hang out with. Anyway. Um, My robot, my love robot. I don't remember. What I can't called. remember. Atomic, Atomic Robo. Atom- is it? Atomic Robo. There it is. It is Atomic Robo. Atomic Robo. Um, but he also writes for, um, Geek and Sundry. Uh, so he has articles that come up and he's doing stuff. I think he wrote on the new Star Trek RPG. That guy's all over the place. He's awesome. He's just, he's fun. He's a very nice guy. Super nice guy. If you run into him at a con, very approachable. Oh, so you got a link to Sirius Sam. There we go. I I put a link to Sirius Sam in there so people can see what that's all about. I got a link in, uh. Crafty Games, we just mentioned briefly in case everybody wants to know about Mistborn or the um, Adventure Craft. Adventure Craft? Did I say well, that? I think that's what you said. Um, we had we had two from listeners. Ezra Rocha um, pointed us to a um, an article by Sarah Laskow. It's a uh, how to protect your library the medieval way with horrifying book curf- curses. Medieval scribes protected their work by threatening death or worse. Which, as a book collector, that seems like uh, that seems like a good idea. So I'll be doing some research in that. I think that's a good call. Yeah. Oh, and then Michael Parker, he, as I mentioned earlier, the classic gamer, he created a, a little a little game that you could use within your own game called the Tab- Tabaxi Tarot Dice. So check oh, that right. out on his website. So Michael pounding out some creativity. Very cool. Good stuff. Yeah, we got some reviews. I want to thank we should say absolutely. I don't know. If Bre- I don't know if Brett does. I do. I'm, I'm still feeling bad that, that I, I suck so bad, and you're and you're perfect. It just makes me. You you thank people. They they don't want my thanks. I'm not. I'm not Sean. Hey, hey, <laughs> buck up, little camper. There it is. I was waiting for that. Buck up, buck up, little camper. Hey, if I if I were a clown, I'd take that frown and turn it upside down. That's right, Brett. Uh, Jason from Twin Cities. I know Jason. He's he's uh, he's gonna be running stuff at uh, Gamehole Con. Brett's met him. He's from the cities. He wrote a review for us. Uh, Ron Blessing, guy from uh, God. Where do we know Ron from? Uh, oh wait, yeah, the, the, the guy who knows Savage Worlds. Like holy crap, he knows Savage Worlds. So yeah, good stuff. 
Ron's been doing some podcasting on He hasn't lately, but he's he's been on podcasts. The game's the thing. and He's good. He's fun people. The Savage Bloggers Network podcast mm-hmm. with the sexy voice Serrano. Exactly. You should I read Ron's quick? Yeah, go ahead. What can I say? I'm a fan of this show. Brett and Sean put on an entertaining and professional production. It's great for my drive time listening. The hosts have sibling-like chemistry, and that's to include their bickering. <laughs> awesome. Well, he's he's got us there, Sean. He does. Uh, also want to thank Bartbox.exe. Bartbox. Not to be mistaken for his cousin, Beatbox. No, totally different person. It's cool. We well, we love iTunes. Bart, Bart Bot. Bart I don't know Bart. why it says Bot. I don't know Bart what you... Bot. Because you can't spell iTunes. He found us on the Literate Gamer. Did right? he? That's awesome. He did. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you, the iTunes oh, reviews I, are cool because they, it just does the thing where everybody... Because sometimes you're like, ah, oh, I don't know. What, what do people say about this stuff? You know, somebody may t- may point you at a thing. And when listeners go out and put out, say nice things about us, that's really cool. So thank you. I got to I gotta read this one, bro. Okay, go ahead. I found this podcast through the Literate Gamer. So some of you might not listen to Literate Gamer. They do a lot of video games and they had us on their show. And I was some time ago and they sent us shirts. Really nice. And I've loved it ever since. It's a great place to start for beginners who want to gain a broad knowledge of a tabletop RPGs and the scope of what they make possible for gamers, as well as the nuances that exist within the experience of gaming and how to approach it. Very, very kind. Very kind. I would be like, what? Is he listening? Are they listening? Is he listening to us? We'll find out. I started listening so I could begin gaming in college with some idea of what to do, and I feel more than prepared. Oh, wow. This podcast has actually inspired my friend and I to begin designing our own game system slash homebrew D&D overhaul. We are having a great time with it. Very cool. Keep up keep up the great content. That's awesome. Thanks, man. So Bartbot, when you get that up and running or whatever and you want us to pimp that and you want to throw it out there for the masses, let us know. We'll let we'll let people know. Awesome. Very cool. Jason, I'll read Miles will read Jason's too while we're at it. I've been listening since the beginning beginning and it is always at the top of my queue. While the discussions occasionally lack organization. Occasionally. Occasionally. What he's talking about. It is the spontaneous nature of the dialogue that makes this particular show so different than many other RPG podcasts. Also, their devotion to their fan base is nothing short of impressive. Our listeners are pretty fucking cool. It's hard not to it's hard not to be devoted to people like that. Man, I just want to kiss all of them. <laughs> that's that's where we keep showing behind the t- behind the table at the booth. <laughs> you, know, you know those guys that roam around with the shirts that are like free hugs. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah there's Alex. Same old kind. Kisses. Alex, lo- lawyer for <laughs> l- lawyer has advised us to not allow Sean to do such a thing. All right, let's get out of here, man. Thanks for the reviews, everybody. Everybody, even the ones we haven't read, we appreciate it absolutely. Uh, Brett, uh, I don't know if I got the, uh, I don't think I have the outro on this one. I'll probably skip the outro. Anyways, what are we talking about next week? Um, I want to talk about, um, I just mentioned it and I think it's worth bringing up. I was, I'll push out the one topic I had, but we're going to talk about how many points to make your character. I want to talk about, um, when and why you might want to kind of give away 
some points and so forth with character builds. Kind of touching a little bit of player series plus game master approach for character generation. So I'll get into more detail on it, but uh, yeah, that's what we'll talk about. Super duper. Awesome. Oh, without further ado, this episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following patrons. Christian Sexy Voice, Serrano, Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Jeff Rodemacher, Forrest Gary, Mark Anthony, Benedetti, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Knights of the Night Crew, Palladian, Jason Blaylock, Remy Billado, Jason Hobbs, Hobbs, Wayne Lumberhunter, Humfleet, James Carpio, Not Caprio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnson, Eric Tankar, Brandon Barnes, Tim Shorts, Dan LaValley, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Lost Sailor, Graham Miner, Todd McGowan, Roger Braslett, Misdirected Mark Productions, Old School DM, Jason, Christopher Gray, Finolf, Merkel Froelich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Todd Crapper, Jim Fitzpatrick, Michael Drescher, Wistatic, Alexander Auerbach, Rodrigo Beowulf, Neil Benson, Ron Blessing, Chris Steele, Eric Hoff Hoffman, Jared Rasher, Soldiers of Misfortune RPG, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Gordon Cranford, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Evan Harrison Cass, Ray Otis, Mark CMG Clover, Eli Kurtz, Ron Bishop, Stefan Dragonspawn, The Closet Gamer, and John Hammersley. Boom! Well done, sir. Damn. So, consider heading over to gamingnbs.com forward slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. For the cost of a coffee shop coffee, you can support the show for the entire month. And this month, September 2017, we'll be putting it towards the food bank, Houston Food Bank. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all.